Acts chapter number 2, verse number 41. The Bible said, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Look at gladly there. Would you? Mm-hmm. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles. Notice this. Doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Father, help me just a little while. Speak to your precious people here tonight, Father. God, that we as your people might hear what this word is saying to us tonight. God, we're in a day and an hour that we've never seen before. God, we know that we're close to leaving this earth, Father. Lord, in the thing called the rapture. So, Lord, let it be so tonight that the Holy Spirit do that to the hearts that I can't do tonight. Decipher this word unto them, God. And help me, thy servant tonight, Lord, have liberty to break this bread that we might eat, we might grow, and we might have fellowship in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at that 42nd verse. And they continued steadfastly. If I wanted to preach anything tonight to the church that is born again, I'd want to preach steadfastness. We need to be steadfast in the Lord, and especially in this day and hour. Being steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the Lord, the Word says. I wonder sometimes if people understand what steadfast is. Like a tree planted by the waters. Steadfast. What does that mean? That means when the storm comes, you're going to stand anyway. When trials come, you're going to stand. Troubles come, you're going to stand. When when there's a church full, you're going to stand. When the church is empty, you're going to stand. Steadfast. Unmovable. Now think about it. How many of us tonight have had, had days when we weren't too steadfast? Seemed like the devil could knock the props out from under us. Seemed like the devil would come by and get us down in the mully grubs. Anybody ever been in the mully grubs? I mean, they wasn't nothing went right. Nothing tasted right. The day just altogether was wrong somehow. Made you want to go back to bed and start all over again. Because it seemed like no matter what you tried to do, it didn't turn out right. No matter what you tried to say, it didn't come out right. No matter what you attempted to work on that day, you broke it worse than what it was to start with. Anybody ever had days like that? We can have that spiritually speaking. We can come to church, as Beardy said a while ago, with joy in our heart, with the great intentions of worshiping God. And by the time we get to the church house, some old busybody's done stuck her nose in something they didn't belong in and made you sicker than a dog, madder than a wet hen. 
Yeah. And then you go in and sit down in the house of God and you're puffed up, pouted up, and you dare the Holy Ghost to come by and bless you. And you dare the preacher to shake your hand just so you can tell everybody, he didn't shake my hand. We're so steadfast in that, ain't we? I, I mean, we remember everything the preacher didn't do whole lot more than what he did do. And the same way with God. We remember everything God didn't do for us more than we remember what God did do for us. It's so easy to forget that God brought healing to our bodies. God brought salvation to lost souls that we love. We tend to forget that so easily. But he said be steadfast. 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 But there's something else there in that scripture also, isn't there? He said not only that we should be steadfast, Notice something else in this. He said, in doctrine and in fellowship. I want to tell you something. When you get out of fellowship, won't be long, you'll be out of the church completely. You won't be going and seeking God's will or God's faith because you become unsteadfast. And believe me, the devil will give you every excuse under the sun to miss the fellowship. Amen. That's the reason I like going to other churches in revival. I ain't responsible for the lights, the bathrooms. I ain't responsible for the music. I can just go there and sit and relax and enjoy and praise God a little while. If there's any trouble, the other pastor has to take care of it. Amen. If there's any disturbance, he has to take care of it. Even though I have been used as a bouncer in several churches. And I'm not ashamed of it. There's one thing for sure. I'm going to be steadfast. If you want to be godly, we'll worship together. If you want to be ungodly, I'll show you how fast I can bounce you out of the house of God. Because if you come in here just to disturb and destroy, we don't want you in here anyway. Amen. If you come in seeking God and wanting God, I don't care how lost you are, how backslidden you are, I want to help you find and get back and get what you need. But if you come in seeking to destroy something, I want to be the first ones to lay hands on you and pray for you as I throw you out of the building. Have you ever had that preacher? Yes, sir. I'm sorry to say I've seen people come in sat down, and they were steadfast and they were going to destroy the service at any cost. Oh, yes. You think Satan don't use people? He sure does. Isn't it funny that church folk that belong to the church ain't steadfast enough to stand together? When I first started preaching, I, I might not order to tell this, but when I first started preaching, and they kept telling me I was a pretty rough preacher, I ain't joking you now. I had a knife in each boot and one in each pocket. 
I was afraid to carry a gun at that time, afraid I would you. But I figured if it's going to get rough, I was going to have some kind of protection. I'm glad that nobody ever laid hands on me. I've had them and I wanted them to lay hands on me. When the Holy Ghost was rich on me, boy, I wanted them to touch me then. I wanted them to lay hands on me so they could feel God. I wanted it to just blow them plumb out of their socks when they, when they touch you. You ever had it that way, Chris? You just wanted somebody to lay hands on you. No, I ain't talking about, we're talking about Jesus, son. Get on track. He's steadfast and unmovable. I can't get him out of them old ways. Now think about it. Have you ever had that much God on you that you just wanted somebody to touch you or sit down beside of you? I've had it so powerful, I just wanted them to get on the same pew. Lord, I know if they sit out on this pew, they're going to feel what I'm feeling. And if they feel what I'm feeling, they're going to get right with God. Steadfast. Fellowship. When you come to church, do you expect fellowship of the Holy Spirit of God? I never come to church without expectations of somebody going to get right with God. You say, well, preacher, everybody in here is members. That's all right. Some of them might be lost. You can be a member of a church and be lost. Oh, yeah. You say, preacher, well, you know every one of them in here. Yep, but I don't know where I all stand with God. I know what to tell me. I can look at their fruits and say, need to dig around some of them. Oh, it got quiet then, didn't it? <laughs> Are you with me? Breaking of bread and in prayer. I know we've got one of the greatest prayer chains going. Because you put on there, you need prayer, and it goes to dinging like the dinner bell. And that's good. But do you ever just call somebody and pray with them? God ever lay somebody on your heart and you just, you have to call them. I, I mean, I can't be the exception. God talks to me like that all the time. I have to call somebody every once in a while and say, God, call me to pray with you. And they'll say, pray on, preacher. And just lie out in prayer. I have had them say, hello, and I just lay out in prayer. Yeah. Hey, if God lays you on my heart to pray for you, you need prayer for some reason. Maybe you're having an anxiety attack. Maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe the devil's roughshod over you all day long. And Holy Ghost said, you need to pray for them. Well, it's all right to put on that prayer chain. Yes, it is. But there's something about that word in your ear. Say amen right there. Prayers should be heard if we're praying one for another. I like laying my hand on you and praying for you. Oh yeah, that's a point of contact. I like laying hands on people and praying for them. I like putting oil on them and praying for them. Amen. Prayers. I, I, are you steadfast in your prayer life? Are you steadfast in fellowship? Or is it church the only time you ever mention God? Is, is church the only time you ever associate with Christians? 
I'll just be honest with you. The world out there don't have a whole lot to offer me. I went Monday up to Wilkesboro, uh, not Wilkesboro, West Jefferson, to see a man about a tractor, an old man, 77 year old, and I wasn't there five minutes, and I wanted to leave. His language. I, and I'm saying, Dad, come on now. Never let up. Well, he come down to the house. That same evening, Carol was at the house. He lit in, and Carol lit in to tell him about Jesus. And I'm saying, go ahead, son, tell him I've tried all day. He never let up. Seventy-seven year old. Never paid one attention to anything about the gospel. But the sad thing of it is, I know that man's lost, but I know the same category. There are all kind of gospel in them at church, and all kind of world in them when they leave church. Oh, preacher, don't tell us that. I can't help it, it's true. Right? Breaking of bread. How much fellowship do you want with folks? Huh? Galatians chapter number 5. You know there's a whole lot of being steadfast that people need to learn. Say amen. We're steadfast when we're stubborn and we think we're right, say amen. And then when we realize that we're not what we should be doing, we're steadfast and trying to cover it up. Woo, boy, it's quiet in here tonight. I didn't think this was going to be that tough a message. Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 1, it said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Why would you want to go back into bondage? But you're going to have to be steadfast in your faith or you will be entangled again in bondage. Man, it's quiet in here. I can sow seeds when it's quiet, can't I? Steadfast means that you have to put the devil in his place. Get behind me, Satan. I hate to say it, but I know a lot of Christians that said, Get up front with me, Satan. Here, get over here in the buddy seat. We was going to South Carolina to get the pews to go in the little church. Vance Klein, a dear friend of mine. As good a friend as I ever had on this earth. Gone home be of the Lord now. Down about Ruffton, Vance said they were laying carpet that day. That was on a Saturday and we was getting the pews that day and we was going to have service the next day. And Vance, just the other side of Ruffton, he said, I don't think we'll get it all done. I just bowed the truck up. I said, get out. He said, what do you mean? I said, if you're not going to believe with me, you're not going to ride with me. We're going to have service tomorrow. Carpet's going to be down. The pews are going to be in. And God's going to be there. 
He wouldn't get out. He said, I'd rather believe with you. I said, all right, you can ride. You know, you have to be steadfast. What if I'd have got down the mully grubs with him? Oh, oh, I doubt we'll have it done. Let me tell you something y'all don't know about that story. The carpet that's in the little church, Jeff Duncan and his daddy laid it. And he said, preacher, we like three feet by 16 having enough. He said, I'll have to order that piece and put it in later. What we bought was a remnant of, of a job he had done. And he gave us a good deal on it. I said, don't worry about it, Brother Jeff. I said, it'll fit, it'll work, it'll be there. He said, no, preacher, I'm serious. One row in the choir, three foot wide, 16 foot long, we don't have. I said, okay, I believe God's going to make it grow. Well, he got down, was working, and I started out the door, get Vance, and go down there and get those pews. And I hollered, look out, the Lord's in the house. And Jeff jumped up and jumped. I said, the carpet's growing. He just shook his head. We came back from down there in South Carolina with the pews. He come carrying out two arm loads of carpet. He said, I don't know where that carpet come from. I said, I do. I do. I steadfast. I steadfast in my believing that God had us to get that carpet, that it was going to fit. The next day we had church. March the 17th, we had 27 people in attendance, $497 offering. Thank God was in that. I believe he was. Why? Because I steadfast. I steadfast in what God had told me. I didn't waver. Amen. How easy is it for you to waver? Right at the very time you really need to believe, we'll say, maybe. I hope so. This claimant. I'm not a name it and claim it guy. But if God tells you in your heart you can have it, speak it. And don't waver. Be steadfast in it. Fellowship, right? We got to be steadfast in our belief. We got to be steadfast in our book that we use. Don't waver. What do you need another book for? One you got's lasted 400 years and worked every, every day, every year, so why change it? Wouldn't you like to have an automobile that'd last 400 years and never have a breakdown or ever wear out? I'd like to have one that lasts four or five years without a breakdown or wear out. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Think about it, church. Steadfastness is something that you have to perform. God is not moving. God is not changing. The Word is not moving. The Word is not changing. It's us that does it. It seems like it only takes one Dr. Spooky Spock to get us to unbelieve what we already believe. And isn't it funny that they can come in on television or the 6 o'clock news and change your mind because you're not steadfast. Stand fast, he said. Therefore, in the liberty, do you understand what liberty in Christ means? Liberty means to me 
What that book says, I can have. Does that mean the same to you? If that book says I can have healing in Jesus' name, I'm going to take the liberty to get it. If that book says I can be stronger through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me, I'm going to take the liberty to use it. If that book tells me to pray and expect it, I'm going to pray expecting it. And what I lose... God will lose. The trouble of it is we won't let God in the, into the equation because we're not really steadfast. We're not improving. Turn with me, if you will, in the book of Ephesians. God help us tonight, church. Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter number 3, verse number 17. Are you there? That Christ may dwell in your head. In your heart. By faith. Are you there? That ye, notice this, being rooted and grounded in an education, in your certificates on the wall, in the shingle that hangs outside the church, in your preacher's name. What does it say? In love. You know what love is? Got quiet. Does anybody know what love is? Love is telling you the truth whether you like it or not because it's for your benefit. Loving you is not condoning sin. It's making you aware of sin. Oh, I love him. (laughs) Ladies, do not raise your hand. I do not want to know. How many married their spouse saying, Oh, I'll change him. Boy, did I get some looks right then. Mama Gail, put your arm down. Only one in the house was my wife. I think she had help in that. I seen two arms up from two people back there. But ain't, ain't that the way we look at it a lot of times? Oh, I'll change him. I've counseled a lot of them going into marriage, and I've told them this. You will not change them. They will get worse. Because once they say, I do, they say, it's all over. I'll do what I want. <laughs> do I need to go ahead and make reservation for counseling after this message? I see a lot of faces as it look like they need counseling. <laughs> Lord, did I open up something that I was unaware of right there. Woo! <laughs> that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. You know God is love, right? May be able to comprehend 
with all saints, what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height? And to know the love of Christ, which passeth what? Knowledge. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I didn't think this would be that long a message, but maybe it is. Church, if we truly are steadfast in our love for God, we'll read our Bible. We'll pray. If we're steadfast in love with God, are you listening to me? You'll come to church. Nobody have to beg you to come to church because you're in love. Listen, there wasn't nobody had to beg me to go see my sweetheart. No. First time I laid eyes on Mama Gail, I was hook, line, sinker, throw the boat away, drop the anchor right here. I'd never seen nothing that pretty in all my born days. And she wouldn't even talk to me. Roll the window up on me. Don't lie, son, it's true. Two weeks in a row she done that. I seen her the next week, she rolled the window up on me. Wouldn't even talk to me. Here I've done fell head over heels in love. I don't even know her name. I've never seen her before in my life. And I can't even get the time of day from her. <laughs> I might as well just get older and repent. <laughs> but I was so much in love that I didn't give up. Hey, I'd had worse things done to me than the window. I know some of you had the window rolled up on you too. Ask Brother Terry, no, ask Della. How many times Terry proposed before she said yes? <laughs> she said it sounded like a broken record. <laughs> I said, well, what made you give in? She said, I felt sorry for him. <laughs> but do you love the Lord enough to be steadfast and persistent? I'm talking about being persistent that no matter... If the window's rolled up, you're going to be persistent. No matter if they won't talk to you, you're going to be persistent. I'm talking about when you get down and pray and it seems like God don't answer, are you going to be persistent enough to be steadfast? Love is a hard one to describe and explain. Because I've had some guys say, Look at my future wife. Ain't she beautiful? I'm going. I said, boy, I'm glad you think so. I said, it's like everybody with babies. And I love babies. But every baby ain't pretty. They are cute. They are lovable. But they are ugly babies that grow up to be ugly people. 
Tanya, you came up last night in the message over there. He was talking about sticking your foot in your mouth. Does everybody remember when I stuck my foot in my mouth right down here? Yeah. I, I ain't got over that one either. When that preacher was preaching that I can see Tanya go. I ain't even thinking. For you that wasn't here, I'd called her to give the invitational song. And I'd walked over here and I said, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. I'm on a point, you think I'm chasing a rabbit, but if she didn't love me, she'd have hit me with that bell. She'd have knocked my brains out. But because she loved me, she'd give me a two-hander. I'll never live it down, but I'm glad she loves me. You weren't here then either, were you, boo? Yeah, she come right down here, and I'm over here in a big way of preaching. I said, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. And it, everybody just went. And I'm like, what did I say? And I turn around and look at Tanya, and she's going. I knowed what I said. You're glad God loves you in the same manner. You say stupid things. You do stupid things. But because his love is steadfast towards you, he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I don't care how stupid you get. <laughs> Woo, in my case, sometimes that's bad. Don't act like y'all are innocent. Some of you's put your foot in your mouth plumb up to your knee. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? How steadfast are Let me ask you a question. If the preacher preached on your pet pee, would your love still be steadfast? Ooh, that's a hard one, ain't it? Uh, what happened? Where'd all lay man's go? Turn with me in Colossians, if you will. Chapter number 2, verse number 5. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Are you with me? Say amen. Rooted and building up in him, Established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Is your faith where it should be? Is your faith steadfast? How many do we know tonight because something happened to one of their loved ones? They quit serving God. Since I'm already in the doghouse, I might as well pull the carpet in with me. If my wife only loved me when I did something good for her, we wouldn't have been married a week. 
Why does everybody grin on that one? Some's a cackling even. Sometimes I'm not a very mindful person as far as giving gifts, mopping the floor, vacuuming. You make me look bad, son. These guys that go around vacuuming all the time, waxing floors, making beds, doing laundry, cooking, make me look bad. Are you in the boat with me? No? Oh, you one of them that does it. I'm going to quit hanging around you. There's another making me look bad. I'm going to go over here on this side. Son, do you do all the cooking and waxing and mopping at your house? Me and you will be friends. I know he don't. That's the reason me and him are such good friends. But think about it. If God only done for you what you do for Him, aren't you glad He's steadfast in His love when you ain't? (laughs) Aren't you glad He's steadfast in His blessings when you ain't? (laughs) Aren't you glad He's steadfast in mercy and grace when you ain't? Scotty Morgan and I used to be real close, and we still are. And he aggravated me. He was, he was the first preacher tester till Dave took over. And Scotty said, Scott, chapter number 5, verse number 2, Blessed is he that giveth to me. And he'd say that all the time. Blessed is he that giveth to me. I said, what chapter and verse is that, Scotty's? Chapter 5, verse number 2. I said, what's the verse, verse? He said, you don't want to know. <laughs> Isn't that the way we treat God, though, sometimes? We want God to be steadfast that when we come to church, He pours out a blessing. We want God to be steadfast that when we ask, we'll receive. We want God to be steadfast that when we mention it, just casually, you know, Lord, I need a new car. That he'll miraculously have one drive up in your driveway and somebody hand you the keys and the title. Everyone that ever did that to me handed me a payment book before I ever got the title. I didn't like the payment books. That's the reason I drive good cars. Good and wore out. God's blessed me. God has been more steadfast in his love towards me than I have towards him. So tonight in your steadfastness, turn with me in the book of Romans and I'll close. Romans chapter number 9 and verse number 4. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. Who is God's people? Who is God's people? Let me say this to everybody here and everybody listening by the airways. If you're not one of God's 
people, I'm talking about being saved, why would God have to give you anything? He said, my children know my voice. Does God know your voice because you are his child? Or does he hear your voice as a sinner, not saved? Think about it tonight. You could ask God and ask God and ask God. If you're not one of his children, why should he have to give to you? I want to make sure I'm one of his children so when I ask, I at least got a chance of getting it. Why? Because he's steadfast in taking care of his children. He's steadfast in providing what you and I need as his children. Listen, if a Volkswagen or do, don't expect a Mercedes. Whoo, give me a Volkswagen. I don't want another Mercedes. I can't handle all that exercise. It'd kill me now that I'm an old man. It's bad when you go somewhere and you end up pushing the vehicle more than you do riding it. Ain't that embarrassing to have big Mercedes and be out in the middle of Walmart parking lot and you're hollering, help me push this thing so I can get it cranked. <laughs> are you steadfast tonight? Are you, are you really steadfast? Let me, let me close in this manner. Now listen to me carefully in closing. If you're steadfast, God can depend on you. If you're steadfast, your church can depend on you. If you're steadfast, your pastor can depend on you. If you're steadfast, you will be available for God to use in a mighty way. If you're steadfast, let us stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed tonight. Maybe you need to come and pray. Maybe something I said sparked something in you that says you need to pray. I ask you to just make your way right now to an altar of prayer and come out and just say, God, help me to be steadfast. In my faith, in my believing, in my working for the Lord, in my trusting in Him, trusting that God will do that that needs to be done. Help me, Lord. Help me. Father, I thank you for the privilege to be in your house tonight and God so blessed to hear this young man sing tonight. So blessed to see these precious faces here tonight. God, take my feeble effort here tonight that God it would help us to be steadfast, unmovable. God, we're in a day and an hour when Satan's trying his best to sidetrack everybody. So God, help us. Help us right here at Charity Mission, Lord, that we'll have that Christian fellowship. We'll have that steadfastness in Christ. God, that we'll love one another with the love of Christ. And God, that you'd be pleased in all that would be done. And Father, help us all to realize, God, as we go to the highways and hedges and compel them to come, they're looking for us to be steadfast. Lord, let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.